0: Welcome to the Sports GPS with your hosts, Parker White and C.J. Holly. Welcome back to the Sports GPS season three, episode 43. Parker, what's on the docket?
1: On today's episode of the Sports GPS, CJ and I continue our MLB division-by-division preview by finishing up the junior circuit with the AL East. Very
0: interesting, AL East.
1: From there, we further our trip by giving our NBA Power Rankings.
0: Yep, and we got to do that because, you know... Yeah. Getting into the heat of things. Oh, we're down yeah. to like the last 15 games of the season.
1: And we wrap things up by giving a March Madness preview as the NCAA tournament is right around the corner.
0: Absolutely. Next week, we're going to be talking Combine, but today we're sticking with Diamond and Hardwood. All that and more on this episode of the Sports GBS.
1: Let's get into it. <laughs>
0: Welcome back. Getting into the AL East preview, finishing up that junior circuit. Uh, Parker, let's go ahead and just start at the top of last year with the Yankees.
1: All right. The Yankees won the division last year with 99 wins, led by AL MVP Aaron Judge, who put together quite a historic season, slugging 62 home runs with 131 RBI. Oh, and he signed a nine-year, $360 million deal and was named captain.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty strong.
1: And then coming into this season, you can make the case that New York has the best rotation in baseball. Yeah. I mean, it's it's debatable, right? Right. I
0: mean, it's definitely top-heavy.
1: I mean, it's headlined with Garrett Cole and newly signed Carlos Rodon, who had an excellent year with the Giants last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the L. East is deep division, though. Uh, and the Yankees own division last year going 47-29 within the division, however, with the New schedule, they're not going to play those division opponents as much. No, right? So we'll see if they can own the division the same way this year. Because um, last year they were forty-seven and twenty-nine. They're not going to play the division as many games next. I mean, this coming season. Yep. So despite the high win total last year, they did take and uh, they did they took a dip in the second half.
0: Well, yeah, they did fade towards the end, which led to their uh their early exit of the playoffs as well. Um, I mean, they're seeking their first World Series win since 2009 when they beat my Phillies. Right. So, I mean, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's yeah. fine. I'm not mad. We made the World Series last year. That is true. Um, so, I mean, honestly, the Yankees is a very, very stacked lineup. Let's go ahead and go over it. Glaber Torres is probably leading off with Aaron Judge uh, hitting second. Uh, protected by Anthony Rizzo and John Carlos Stanton, mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson's a question mark at third base. I think he ends up hitting later in the lineup, but we're going to keep yeah. him in the five hole as of right now. With Harrison Bader, Aaron Hicks, uh, as well Oswaldo Peraza, yeah, other Peraza. Yeah, top prospect, mm-hmm. and then Jose Tre- Trevino uh, behind the dish. I mean, honestly, like we and we talked about the rotation too: Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino. I mean, we know who he is. Yeah. Uh, Nectar Cortez, can he repeat last year's stellar performance? And then uh, their five is Domingo uh, Germain Herman. Herman oh, is it Herman? Yeah. Why do I always like? Well, so again, but like, there's Germain. You can right. say that, yeah. Or, or Herman. So it's it's the soft. It's the soft G. Yeah, soft G. Or that Herman <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I went with Germain. Um, that's fine. It's whatever. I knew, I knew there was a reason. You said Herman, and I was like, okay, that makes more sense.
1: I will say one thing that I like about their lineup, and I think this is a big part of why I think they're going to have a really good year. Glaber Torres playing second base every day. Like, if Oswald Peraza is who we all think he is, right? he's their top prospect, he's super talented. If he can stick, stick at short, because Glaber Torres is not a shortstop defensively, and like him going, if he can just be like, I'm a second baseman, focus on that, we know he can hit, like that, I think that's key for this Yankee team.
0: I think it is as well. And
1: Harrison Bader playing center every day. Like, you acquired him from St. Louis during the season. I think he's a huge addition. He had a great year with the Yankees when he came over from St. Louis. I think that's huge. We know what Judge is. Rizzo's as consistent as it can be. Right. Stanton, we know what he can be. I know he can be kind of streaky, but he's still a really good player. Donaldson, I don't need it. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, what you get from him is, I mean,
0: He's a veteran presence right. for that lineup. That's really what it comes and down to. And one
1: guy that we don't have in this lineup that I'm very curious to be, like, what his role will be is D.J. LeMahieu. Yeah. Because we know it. I mean, he's a good hitter.
0: He's going to be all around. Right. And he's going to be all over the place. So, I mean, he's just going to spell different guys. I mean, he can play second. He can play third for Donaldson. Can play first. He can play first for Rizzo. He can play left. He can play right Um, if you need him. And and then, you know, those guys can DH for a day. You right can spell Stanton. Mainly Judge would D H if if he's not you know, if he's if he's not playing right field in LeMay. He's in. So I think he takes the super utility role and probably gives these guys a day off, you know, yeah. every week, like maybe rotate it through. So yeah, I, I think he ends up hitting somewhere. And, and then if Donaldson ends up pooping up the joint in third base like we yeah. think he might, yeah. Then he'll just take over every day third base and they'll they'll cut Donaldson, because there's no reason to keep him.
1: And I do like this bullpen. I mean, Clay Holmes, I know, like, second half, he didn't have a good year, and they they took him out of the closure role, but he's born and capable of being a closer. Luizaga is solid. Wandy Peralta, ever since he came over, he's been a great left-handed presence in that bullpen. Mm -hmm. Lou Trevino, Michael King. They brought back Tommy Canely. We'll see if he can, like, recoup what he was as a Yankee before he was – Ousted, right? Um, so like I, I think the Yankees like there's it's easy to say like oh yeah the Yankees will win the division, but I think when you look up and down this roster, I think it's just as loaded as it was last year.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing too. Like I don't, I don't think the Yankees are by any stretch of the imagination, uh, going to be bad. Considering Vegas has their over under at ninety four and a half. I like them going slightly under. I think they have a harder time this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not for a lack of trying, and, and if they go over, it's going to be because of uh, Cole and Rodon. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the Toronto Blue Jays. They won 92 games last year, made the playoffs via the wild card, but lost to Seattle in the wild card round in and, and was probably one of the biggest letdowns I've ever seen in my <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah. Uh, their offense is lethal with Junior and Aboba Shett. Uh, but for them to suppress the Yankees, their pitching staff is going to have to take a step forward. And I think I think they've got the pieces to do it. Let's talk about it. Uh, Alec Manoa, uh, Kevin Gosman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, and then their newly acquired... Yes, you say Kikuchi. Kikuchi, right. Um, you know, I, I think if you compare the rotations of the Yankees and the Blue Jays, it's clearly Garrett Cole and Rodon yeah. are one and two. Uh, and you could flip-flop those depending on what you want. Right. I'll take Cole a little bit better. Oh, yeah. I but it. then it goes Manoa, Gosman, Barrios, and Bassett. I, I truly yeah. think that before yeah, I think you get fair. to Nasty Nestor and uh, Severino. Luis Severino. So, I mean, honestly, the Blue Jays, you know, the top end of their rotation is very, very good. It's not elite, mm-hmm. and the Yankees have two elite starters, but they have four very, very good pitchers at the top. Of
1: I think end. when you compare the rotation with Toronto and New York, I think it's... Like, yes, it's top-heavy for New York, but a guy like Louis Severino, when that guy's healthy, which he hasn't been in, like, two, three years, he's a one. Yeah, he can like, like, he's he's that kind of talent, and Nasty Nestor was really good last year. Did he outkick his coverage? Maybe. Probably. Um, But – be honest. Right. Oh, yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I definitely think the addition of Chris Bassett, like, that – that lengthens the Blue Jays' rotation a right.
0: lot, And and that's that's really what it comes down to is like how how often are you throwing out guys that are going to keep it really really close for six innings? And I think yeah. Toronto does it four times, and the Yankees could do it four times, maybe even five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, like you're, I would trust the top four to keep it within four runs in six innings more often than I would trust New York's top 4. That's fair. So, that's the reason why I like Toronto. I mean, their lineup is still solid. You got Springer, Bichette, Guerrero, uh Kirk, Varsho. Uh Varsho. Varsho. Yeah. That,
1: that's a that's a sneaky addition. He was really good with Arizona. Mm-hmm. He's very versatile. He can play infield, he can play outfield. Like that, Dalton Varsho is a good player, absolutely, and then Matt Chapman's at third. Yeah, very, I think we forget strong. how awesome he was in Oakland.
0: Absolutely. We also forget uh, Brandon Belt yep. kind of got a yep. little derailed in San Francisco. He was yeah. also dealing with some issues. You know, the former Richmond Flying Squirrels product, uh, uh, <laughs> Whit Merrifield uh, yeah. playing second is sneaky for them, and then Kiermaier uh, rounding out the outfield is not bad. Yeah, Blue Jays have a little bit of trouble with their uh, with their bullpen. Um, but outside of that, I mean, honestly, they're they're still solid. Yeah, I mean, Garcia, Jordan Romaro, Swanson, yeah,
1: Romano is really good. And then it's like you have some question marks: Jimmy Garcia, Eric Swanson, Sergio Roma. That guy's like hundred years old, right? Uh, you know what he's going to throw, and you still can't hit it. Correct with this slider. Uh, Chad Green, I know he's hurt right now. Former Yankee. Mm-hmm. When when he's healthy, I mean, he he can be a multi inning like value right like he's that he can be that good if he can get healthy yeah
0: yeah so so that like but that's where you're at and you just got to figure out what you're getting and and we all know that their bullpens their weak link so but that's gonna be the problem with toronto and if you figure out north of the border then you're fine
1: i'm very curious to see what kiermeier can do for them
0: i am i am as well i think it's a benefit however i mean you know coming from an al east opponent yeah That he at least knows the division, knows the division dynamics. It's it's all
1: about health with Kiermaier.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's actually talk about his former team, Kevin Kiermaier, that we were talking about there. Um, Oh, sorry. Before we do that, the Blue uh, Blue Jays over-under – uh, 91.5, I think that's really close. I think they end up repeating from last year and go 92 wins.
1: Give me over, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it over, but just barely. All right, now let's jump to the Rays. <laughs> uh, we count the Rays out every year. Yes, we do. Like, <laughs> every year, and it's not even funny. On, on like, this podcast. On this podcast. <laughs> on every, like, every major yeah. sports platform counts them out. And for the most part, every major sports platform has to put their foot in their mouth because they, they just – Always end up being in the mix, yeah. And I think this year, this year is going to be the year that the sports GPS don't count them out fully. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, right? Uh, Their over under is eighty nine and a half. They won eighty six last year, mm-hmm. which was a little down year for them. But yeah. what do you expect with a payroll that's like twenty fourth in baseball, right? Um, but they made the wild card in the AL. It was early exit, but you know, when you don't have your best hitter, Wander Franco, yeah, it makes sense. And you know, so what are you going to do? But they're going to be healthier. Franco's going to be back. This is, just, this is just a better overall team. I think that they could be in the mix. Can they can surprise again and maybe even win the division?
1: Mm, I mean, we'll give our picks, but
0: uh, I don't know.
1: And we do this every year, right? You right. look up and down the roster. It's like, I know who that guy is. That's a young guy. Like. What can he be, right? I mean, let's let's look at the lineup. Yep. Yandi Diaz leading off. He's yep. a good good player, plays first base. Wanda Franco, that kid is special. He needs, needs to stay on the field. Right. Randy Rosarana, he was a, a postseason hero a few years ago. Yep. He's a good player. Brandon Lau, sneaky bat at second base. Hill Ramirez, he's got some pop. Man- Manuel Margot. I remember when that dude was in the futures game as right. a pa- Padres prospect mm-hmm. and he made some plays on like unbelievable. He hasn't lived up to that hype, but he's still a very solid player. So solid
0: and he's name recognition. Yeah.
1: Isaac uh Paredes, or is it Isak? I can't <laughs> I don't know. Uh he, he's he's a really good player. Christian Bethencourt, I remember when that guy was like uh like a top prospect for the Braves. It never worked out a catcher. He can pitch too, which is kinda interesting. Right. And then Jose Siri, really good defender, has some speed. So, I mean, they got that. And then, like, I mean, look at the rotation. Shane McClanahan, ace. Yep. Uh, Tyler Glass now, who's finally healthy this year, ace. Drew Rasmussen, good player. Solid
0: two. Yeah. yeah it's a really solid three, but he could yeah. be a solid two. Zach Eflin, we know what he is. He's a good pitcher. You're if he f- can stay on the field with his knees, too. I mean, this yeah. is really – it's health for Eflin because his sinker is heavy. Yeah. So. An- another guy, Jeffrey
1: Springs, that, is, that he might be – one of the best fist starters in the game.
0: Yeah, very possible. Yeah. Uh, their bullpen... I, see, here's the thing, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw laid this out. Lay it out. Like, Lay it out. I, I don't care what name I throw out. Because they literally find right-handers and left-handers that throw mid to upper 90s... With sink. With sink. And then either a cut piece or a slide piece, or a 12 to 6 curve ball, they find them like they find oranges on the trees down in in Tampa, (laughs) because they they literally just find them out of the woodwork. It's unreal. So you might not know these three names, and Jason Adam, Peter Fairbanks, and Andrew Kittredge, but I don't care if you don't know them. (laughs) They're good. Just know that they're either throw the ball from the south side or the north side, and they throw mid to upper 90s with cut. Uh And that's... That's all you need to know, because that's what Tampa Bay is. They literally find them on trees. So you never worry about their bullpen. No, no, you don't. they find them everywhere. Yeah. So they clone them, probably, and then just (laughs) tell them, your last name is this. And they're like, okay. Your last name is... Fairbanks. Yeah. Your last name is Kittredge. Right. Like y- your your name is now Peter Fairbanks. Yes, boss. Like and, <laughs> and then they go along their merry way. Yeah. And they do the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. so I never really want to talk about the Rays bullpen because that's <laughs> yeah. always what it comes down to. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh I think the Rays will be better. I am very worried about their eighty nine and a half over under. That seems like it's yeah. on the nose. I'm gonna go under. I am as well, yeah. but like I mean, I, I would not be surpri- surprised if they put up mid-90s and wins. Yeah. But I would be less surprised if they put and up my, mid-90s. And my biggest
1: thing isn't because I don't believe in this team. It's I look at the division. Yankees, really good. Blue Jays, really good. Baltimore, who we'll talk about. We love them. Boston, they'll probably be better. I don't yeah. know how much better. I think they're the weakest of the division. We'll talk about it. Right. And then the so it's like can the Rays win over ninety games? They're more than capable, right? But is there enough games on the schedule that they can rack up that many? They're
0: over five hundred for sure. They're probably mid to upper eighties. I probably would go eighty-eight. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, and this is this is where I'm at. So again, I could see them winning ninety-five, and I can see them winning eighty-five. It is more likely for them to win 85 than it is 95, hence the reason why I'm taking the under. I gotcha. Let's go ahead and jump to Boston. Uh, they won 78 games last season. There's mm-hmm. a chance it could be even worse. They lose Bogarts, Evaldi, and Christian Vasquez to free agency. I mean, they bring in some respected names. Yep. Uh, Mondesi, Corey Kluber, Justin Turner, who you forget about. Yeah. Stanley Jensen and Adam Duvall. Is it enough? Is it a massive improvement? Yeah. I don't know. Let's go ahead and jump down the lineup.
1: All right, you look leading off. You got Tristan Casas, who honestly I do not. I think I know he's like a top tier prospect, but I haven't really seen him play. Mm-hmm. Rafael Devers, we know how special he is. Justin Turner, Ma- Masataka Yoshida. Yeah, Masataka Yoshida yeah <laughs> he's really good yeah. over from japan absolutely alex verdugo solid enrique hernandez adam duvall if that guy can be healthy he's a sneaky left field option mm-hmm. reese mcguire can he finally be the top tier catching prospect he wasn't when he got drafted out of pittsburgh i don't know christian arroyo just solid glove at second base and mm-hmm. what you get offensively it's it's a win
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the rotation, which you might as well just call it a hospital ward. Exactly. Uh, Chris Sale, Corey Kluber is the only healthy one. Nick Pavetta. (laughs) That's weird to say. (laughs) I know, right? And then uh, Garrett Whitlock. Well, Kluber was hurt all like basically the first half of last year, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like their entire rotation has injury designation. I forgot
1: James Paxton was was a Red Sox. Right.
0: Like, what are you gonna do?
1: I mean, I remember like three, four years ago when he was in Seattle. Like, that guy was, like, arguably the best pitcher in the American League. Right. Like, that's how good he is.
0: Yeah, and then uh, let's let's also just talk about the bullpen here because that might as well be a geriatric hospital wing. <laughs> you got Kenley Jensen, Jarese Familia, Jolie Rodriguez. Chris <laughs> Martin. Chris Martin. All of them are old. Yeah. Like, let's, let's not lie to us. All of them are old. Of course, when
1: I look at Kenley, I know he was a brave last year, so I saw him pitch. Last- and he was good last year. Right. But my thing is with the 15 second pitch clock, he was the slowest pitcher. He was like over 30 seconds last year. Dude, you got 15 seconds.
0: Well, he's hoping that he doesn't doesn't get anybody on cuz it's 20 seconds without somebody on or whatever. That's or no, st- that's
1: still too fast for him.
0: Yeah, I know it, but I'm just saying it's it's rough.
1: So it's like like I know when 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 Kenley, you know, he he slowly raises his hands gets does a little shimmy and then he like you know looks both ways and then and it's like
0: well oh. he's he's cautious while crossing the street
1: Parker. I dude I I don't <laughs> I don't hate that you're like preparing yourself but like and I I early signs of the pitch clock I like it yeah I do and, too. and I'm saying that as a Braves fan who in a spring training game they lost on a on, on well, the was a, a tie right? Well, it was a, yeah, it was a tie. Was Excuse a tie.
0: me. They lost the chance to win.
1: Like it was bases loaded, two outs, bottom of the ninth. Dude, man had two strikes on him. He did at the eight second mark as a batter. You have to be ready to go. Like you have to like share, like I'm ready to swing the bat. Yep. And he wasn't. And the and the umpire rung him up. It was like strike three, game over. It's like what? Dude, he had a tee time to get to bro. Yeah, but like, can you imagine like and I. I want to say we'll probably see it at least one time. Like, a game might end that way.
0: And that would be rough. That would yeah. be super rough. Imagine see, if like, it, that's the thing. Imagine that's if that's it was a playoff piece. game. Now, I think, I honestly think the pitch clock gets extended in the playoffs. I don't think so. Just, it's my thought. I'm just saying. And there's no way. Again, this goes back to my swallow the whistle. <laughs> I honestly think in a playoff game in a massive game with like huge ramifications yeah. they swallow the proverbial in this case whistle. Yeah. Um uh over under for 78 and a half for Boston I'm taking the under. Me too. I have these guys as a 75 win squad. Yeah. All right, let's get to the last team, the Baltimore Orioles. Love them. They're over uh, they over under 76 and a half and I think they're completely wrong however yeah, they're, o- they're over for me we do have a caveat though uh they're a surprise team they finished over 500 last year making a playoff push came really close faded at the end a little bit wasn't uh wasn't to be it's a really young excited team uh, led by uh, a couple of bats here Mount mountcastle and uh, gunner henderson Genders- uh, no, gunner henderson excuse me <laughs> and then of course their pitching prospect that they're calling up grayson rodriguez um whether they think they're ready to get into a uh, playoff spot. I don't know, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. This is a team that I'm really excited about watching. And thankfully in this area and Masson, will cover them. Uh, hopefully yeah. they cover them more than the nationals, but I, digress. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and just jump into the lineup here. Before well, before
1: we do that, since we said they're a fun watch, would we say they're like the best watch in, in the sport,
0: I don't know. Like okay. any of the season, uh, outside of my own squad. Well, yeah, I mean... Outside of watching my own piece, cause right?
1: I, Because I know, like, we, we said one year, Kansas City Royals best watch. Yeah. Even though they weren't, like, a really good team, but they're fun, They're a fun watch.
0: So, like, a fun watch because you want to root for them because you, you want them to succeed? Yeah, I'll give it that. Okay. Like, if, 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 that's where you're, if that's what you're trying to drop home at. I mean, my thing is, like, even if they're not,
1: like, a 90-win team, right? Like, they're fun to watch because they're in every game. They have exciting young players which they got up and down that lineup Are and just they like in
0: every game
1: though. I mean, well we're we'll, gonna have to talk we'll, about we'll, this rotation. We'll talk about the rotation and then you can let us know. I'm
0: gonna give I'm gonna give you some betting strategy here for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about this rotation, then some betting strategy is gonna come out. And I made this <laughs> joke to your brother before yeah. we before we started tonight. Their rotation consists of two Phillies cast offs at the top <laughs> with Kyle Gibson and Cole Irving. And then you have Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer and then, of course, the affirmation. Grayson Rodriguez uh, in the five. He will probably end up being the third best pitcher on this team, and that's not really saying that much to be clear.
1: Actually, might be the f- best. He might
0: be, I, but by I don't seasons know. end, I will take. Well, yeah, by seasons end, maybe. But like. I, Honestly, like Gibson will give you a, a great game and then followed by two medi- super mediocre games, followed by a really terrible game, and then he'll find it again and get you right <laughs> yeah. back on the hook. Uh-huh. Here's the thing with the Orioles: if you're gonna bet the Orioles this year, if you're gonna bet them to win, you instantly bet the over, double your money on it. Why? Because if you believe the Orioles are gonna win, you have a base of 13 runs because they're gonna have to score seven because their pitching's giving up at least six. So, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, though, like I, Kyle Gibson's your ace. That's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem, and and the fact that I only know two pieces in their bullpen and Batista, and I don't even really know him that well. Michael and Gibbons. Michael Gibbons, like outside of that, I've got nothing. Yeah, I really don't know their pitching staff whatsoever so, outside so, of the top. Two.
1: So you don't know Brian Baker?
0: Yeah, what? sure. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, I I know he I know he you know, he considers his last name thirteen. Yeah, a baker's not <laughs> I,
1: I do know Talon and Tate, I, but I, I mean, he's not. He hasn't become the pitcher everyone thought he was. He was a high draft pick and now he's like a good bullpen piece. Well, everyone thought he was going to be a top-of-the-rotation guy. That is not the case. Of course, in this rotation, he could be. He could be. I but, mean, uh, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. It's,
0: it's really rough. But, I mean, their lineup's good. You got yeah. Mullins, you got Rutschman, you got Henderson, Santander, Mountcastle, Urias, Stovers, Hayes, Frazier, all of them. That's a, that's a yeah, really deep lineup. that's a really lineup, lineup, good lineup. Especially for a team that's projected for 76-and-a-half wins. The problem is I don't know if they can – they can keep. pitch enough. Yeah. I don't know if they can pitch enough and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Like on and and I know as a Phillies fan for, you know, the last five years, you, you've got to be able to keep it close because there are times when your offense is going to hit a slump. Yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah. And you need your pitchers to keep you in it. I don't think they can. And that's the only reason why I don't think the Orioles will make a playoff bush and uh, be ready to take that hump. However, I do think they're an 80 win team. Oh, I do too. I think they're a 500 team or better. It's just you know, it's how long does their offense slump is the only reason why you're worried about them.
1: My question is, okay, let's say they're let's say they're in the mix in the division, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Trade deadline comes, you have a, a great farm system. We already know that pitching is going to be a need.
0: Oh, they're going to have to go after pitchers if they're like,
1: close. Like like who who I mean, it's it's too early to say that. Now, but like who would they go get to to augment that rotation.
0: I don't know. Let's look real quick. Just real quick. Let's look. Okay. So let's look at free agents 2022 starting pitchers and send. Okay. So uh, the top three pitchers that would be unrestricted free agents or have player options for next year or club options for next year. Scherzer, Hmm. maybe, but (laughs) they're going to be in the hunt.
1: Yeah, they're going to be in the hunt.
0: Otani. Oh, honestly,
1: that would be something.
0: That's a thought. Yeah, Marcus Stroman, maybe, but we yeah, think maybe. the Cubs are going to be in there. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks. Yeah, Kershaw, he's going to retire as a Dodger. He should. Were um, you with Toronto? Maybe. Mm. I mean, he's not even cracking the rotation. Not, not yet. No. Uh, uh, ground ball chuckles, but you're going to be in it. Yeah, we're going to be in it. Uh, Martin Perez with Texas, maybe. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, like honestly, like those are the top names. Otani's the only interesting name that could push the needle. That is so interesting. That would be
1: interesting. Because Baltimore has the young pieces. They can make that happen.
0: Right. And the Angels are willing to make deals for young pieces. I mean, we we saw last year. They're Mm -hmm. also willing to deal young pieces, too, (laughs) if the price is right. So, I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. Those are just the top ones. I mean, there's some other ones down here that are interesting. Kyle Kendricks, Noah Syndergaard, uh, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling. I mean, there's options out there. But... I honestly, I mean, there's there's a couple crazy options there. But oh, yeah. I think Otani's the best one. And if they could get Otani at the deadline, whoo. Oh, yeah. Whoo, that could be scary good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up after. Well, for all the teams. Uh, uh, make our picks. But we got to make our picks. Yeah. Parker, who you got?
1: I'm going to take the Yankees. I, okay. I think they're going to repeat in the division. I think it's going to be close. I think this is one of the, the deepest divisions in the sport. And, uh. Yeah, I just I think I think they have the pieces to repeat.
0: Fair enough. I'm gonna take Toronto. I'm gonna take the long shot. Mm. I think they've got enough pitching now to go with that massive fleet of uh, a lineup that they have, and I expect Bo Bichette to have a monster year. Yeah, put him in right now as my early favorite for AL MVP. Ooh,
1: I like it. I like it. So I, I think it comes down so to maybe
0: you, even between him and Vladdy Jr. I was going to say, I, Bichette,
1: I was going to say, so you would take uh Bichette over Vladdy Jr. As like the favorite to win the LMVP for right
0: now, me, because I also like glove work, uh-huh. but I think Bichette has a monster year and I think he steals bases. And with the new big bag, yeah. he's going to take more bags and that's going to lead for him to creep up that MVP. I like it. So, uh, Bobichette, sneaky pick. Sneaky pick. <laughs> All right. When we return, we're getting into the NBA power rankings before we flip to college and get into the March Madness preview. But like I said, first we got to hit the professional circuit when we return.
1: Welcome back to the Sports GPS. We're headed to the NBA, given our NBA power rankings this week. We're going to start at the honorable mentions. Uh, th- these teams are kind of borderline like playoff teams, like teams that maybe can make a run. We've got Los Angeles Clippers, Miami Heat, and Golden State Warriors. CJ, of those three, who do you think has the best chance to win a first round?
0: Uh, win a first round, I think it's the Clippers. Okay. Um, honestly, I think, I mean, right now they're seventh in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they if, they, if the ranking stayed how it is right now, uh, in the standings, excuse me, I think the Clippers – Win the first playing game, gives them momentum, and then they go yeah. against a team, uh, you know, in the Grizzlies are kind of falling off, right? Yeah, I don't,
1: because it's, it's Ja Morant and like everyone else. A
0: bunch of guys. I right? mean, like they, they have good,
1: it's like a good team, but like if Jaw doesn't like really like lead the way, they, they can't win consistently. Right.
0: And, and that's the thing. Like, they line up against the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies have kind of fallen off. We'll talk about them here in a minute. Yeah. But they've they've started to waver a little bit. So, between the Clippers, the Heat, and the Warriors, I think they're the best setup up as the seven seed. They would face the Timberwolves. I think that's a great matchup for them, first mm-hmm. off. And I think they win the first game. Secure the seven seed, and then they go to Memphis to play the Grizzlies, who have kind of fallen off. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's a great matchup for them. So between the Clippers, the Heat, and the Warriors, I think the Clippers have the best chance to win round one.
1: I actually like
0: the Warriors. I I don't hate it either. However, and the reason they'd be against the Suns.
1: Yeah, I mean that that's definitely hard. But the reason why I like the Warriors to like maybe. I don't wanna say make a run like win a championship, but like they're they're battle tested, right? Right. Stephen Curry's still awesome. And yeah. the reason and the reason why they've kind of fallen off here recently is because he's been out. Right. So if Steph Curry gets back, which he will, I just think like with Steph, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond Green, like they, they know how to get it done. And so I I just I have a hard time counting them out to do and like I don't think they're just like one and done.
0: Yeah, no, i get you there you know i i just I, I don't i don't disagree
1: and i think phoenix like i know right now they would play phoenix but i think phoenix is too good that they'll they'll they won't they wouldn't play them
0: well so like if the warriors end up facing the grizzlies i think whoever faces the grizzlies in round 1 has, has a good a, chance has a very good chance to win and that's not that i don't like jaw but it's just it, like yeah. it, let's be honest here of the teams in the west cuz it goes jaw
1: and then bane
0: right like uh, I don't want to face the Kings. They're scrappy, and they can no, put up a yeah. crap ton of points it's on you. bonus is so good. They, they don't know how to defend either, but I mean, yeah. they have the highest average points per game of anybody in the league. Yeah. Legitimately. They're yeah. 120. Now, the other team that's scary, and I think they'll even get better, is the Mavericks now that they got uh, Kyrie. So yeah. I think that number will increase. But <laughs> the Kings know how to put up points. Yeah. They don't know how to stop anybody, but they know how to put up points, and that's a thing that... Should scare you, so I don't want to face the Kings, which is right now what the Mavericks have to do according to the standings. Yeah, and then the Suns—they just got to rant back or just got to rant healthy. Yeah, after they traded for him, so right. I mean, that's that's a scary team, as we'll talk about here in a little bit. So that's the reason why I'm saying you gotta like, and you don't want to face the Nuggets. No. So any team in the bottom four, and when I say that, I mean five, six, seven, eight the best team to face out of the top four is the Grizzlies. I don't think the Grizzlies fall below four. Okay. So, you know, because Curry's not going to be there, I think Dallas is still trying to figure out how to play with each other. And, you know, so that's that's why I don't think they're going to fall off the six-game lead that they have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's why I'm in that boat. So, it's really, like, who can face the Grizzlies? What is your matchup? How, do you, how yeah. can you face the Grizzlies? And it's not the fact that I don't like the Grizzlies. Just of the top four teams of the West, they're the weakest. They're the team that I'm not scared of yeah. as much as any other team. So one,
1: one thing that interests me with Memphis specifically is, like, we know how great John Morant is, right. right? Can he be young LeBron in Cleveland? Where it was, like, LeBron James and then just a bunch of, like, Role player, like, you know who they are. They're good players, but, like, they're not, like, elite players. Right. But he led them, like, deep in the playoffs. Can Ja do that? I don't know. Right.
0: And that kind of does scare me. But at the same time, like, I'm I'm willing to find out. Yeah. So, it's not, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all, but... That's kind of where I'm at with it. All right, let's just get into the get in the top ten. I think that's the safest yeah. bet, unless you got something else to <laughs> no. really go at. Let's go to the top ten. I think 10. we beat. I think we beat that horse. Yeah, we beat the Iowa <laughs> It's Pretty good. <laughs> let's talk about number ten. We've already talked about them a little bit. The Dallas Mavericks, man, they're 33 yeah. and 31 overall, five and five in their last five. I think they're finally now over 500 with both Luca and Kyrie on the floor after their win versus the Sixers last night. Even though they wanted to give it away for a little bit there, they had a 20 point lead going into the fourth quarter and. But,
1: but like Luke and Kyrie combined for like eighty.
0: Almost eighty, yeah. It was uh, forty one and thirty eight if I if memory serves me like, right. That's so crazy. 79.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean and and
1: awesome. see like that that's a fun watch. Like if you're a Dallas Magic fan and you're seeing Luke and Kyrie just go off like that, that's fun. That's not necessarily gonna win you a lot like win you deep in the playoffs, right? Can win you regular season games, which is important, don't get me wrong, but like can you can you rely on that in the playoffs because Usually when you're in the playoffs, you're playing teams that can play defense. Yep. T- to some extent. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I don't know if you – you can't completely just take away or stop either Luka or Kyrie, but you can slow them down.
0: Right, and that's that's the point that I think they can make is that they're not going to be deprived of offense in the playoffs. It's really how can their offense stay alive. And if they get hot, that's the thing. If they get hot, they can be scary. But, I mean – how hot can they stay? Is right. really what it comes down to
1: yeah, and a best of seven. Are you telling right. me you're going to be hot for an entire seven game series where by game three, like the opposing team has a defensive like strategy strategy we'll to, to again, you're not going to stop both of them, but you can slow them down, right? And you can make other guys beat them. Can like Reggie Blug. Like he's a good shooter. Like, can he take advantage of it? I don't know. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I think Dallas is really good. But like, I don't think they've had enough time for Kyrie and Luca to mesh together to really make a huge run in the West. But
0: you know, we'll have to see. Yeah, and you never know if they do, great. And then, I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to: can Luca and Kyrie fully figure it out? Now they are two and zero in their last two. They've won two straight with both of them on yeah. the floor. So, I mean, that's kind of that's huge for them. Um. Oh, sorry, sorry, only one straight. They did lose a close heartbreaker. <laughs> they blew they blew a lead and they almost did last night too. Uh let's go ahead and talk Knicks at nine here. Shockingly. We both like the Knicks. Here's the thing with the Knicks. They're trying they're finally figuring out who's who's in yeah, what role. Right. They're thirty seven and twenty-seven, nine and one in their last ten, including seven straight. I mean, they look good. Yeah. They look good. And, and I hate to say it because <laughs> you yeah. never you never know with the Knicks. They, they're yeah. like the Knicks and the Mets. I mean, anybody from New York with <laughs> yeah. a green and orange color pla- palette just figure out how to lose games. But right now they're not. And yeah. that's scary.
1: Yeah, they raise it to an art form. Yeah. But Julius Randle... He, He's he's a deserving All Star. He's really good. Jalen Brunson, he knows what his role is. Yep. And R.J. Barrett's your third option, and he would be like the a number one, number two option for a lot of
0: teams. Yeah, especially for the Rockets, the Spurs. <laughs> I, I can name a couple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I really like what the Knicks are doing. They look good, and right now they're playing really, really to, uh, really, really sound basketball. Yeah, yeah. Considering they've won a, a seven straight, and I think they have like a six game road win streak or yeah, something like that, too, which, so. is, which is impressive so. in its own right. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to those Grizzlies that are kind of falling. Uh, yeah. We almost thought about putting the Knicks above them, but we're putting respect on John Morant. <laughs> yeah. uh, Grizzlies are going to stay at eight. They're 38 and 23. They're six and four in their last 10. Uh, again, this team just needs to figure out how to win. If yeah. They can figure out how to do what they were doing earlier in the year when they were keeping pace with the nuggets. They could be dangerous, but mm. right now they're starting to fall off and it's scaring us. It's the reason why they're falling down to eight. Could could they be a top four, top five team? They're capable,
1: absolutely. But yeah. right now
0: they're not playing it. Hence the reason why they're dropped down.
1: One team that we really like here at number seven, the Sacramento Kings. They're thirty six and twenty five. They won seven of their last ten. This is a team to look out for because you have Sabonis, awesome. He can you know score, rebound, dish. Yep. Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Herter. Like they can shoot it from the perimeter. Obviously, like I just said, Sabonis—he's going to kill you in the paint. Mm-hmm. So this this is a sneaky team that could make a silent run in the Western Conference.
0: I don't really like their size; they're a little small, but at the same time, yeah. that's kind of what the NBA's going. <laughs> and they don't to. really play defense, but no, that's okay. they, they don't. Well, and that's because <laughs> of their lack of big guy presence, which makes a lot of sense. But right. I mean, outside of the fact that you know they they've won four straight, they lost to the Suns, but they they literally split versus the Mavericks. So I mean, they. They know how to win. They know how to put up a lot of points. Yeah. We already talked about it. They have the most points scored per game this year. So that's that's something to definitely look out for. They're just if they can figure out how to play a little defense, they could be super scared. Absolutely. Let's talk about number six. The Suns. Uh the reason why they're up here is purely because of Kevin Durant. Uh-huh. They're 34 and 29, but seven and three in their last ten. And uh Durant's only played one game for them. So That's something to think about. The Suns, really, really scary. If they can figure out how to play, you do have veterans, veteran leadership in Chris Mm -hmm. Paul and um, Booker. That's the other one I'm looking for here. But, you know, those two, and then you add Durant. That's a yeah. solid big three. And Paul knows how to distribute, and he knows his role. So it's really going to be, let's distribute to Durant, distribute to Booker, whoever's got the better look. Let's go ahead and hit them with it. And then they've got two bona fide scores, very much like Dallas has, but they have a very, very good distributor doing yeah. it as well.
1: One thing that I like about th- this big three of Paul, Booker, and Durant is Chris Paul's at the stage of his career where like, he knows who he is as a player. Yep. He's he's an all-time great but he's not the the scorer he once was. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm a point guard. I'm going to distribute. I'm going to set up Booker. I'm going to set up Durant, and and it, it just it works perfectly for them. Absolutely. All right, number five, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're 39 26. They've won six of their last ten. This team is so they're so interesting to me. You have Donovan Mitchell. We know what Spida is. Right. Darius Garland. He might be a like sneaky one of the best second options in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You had Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, like they, they, so they have good role players. Like Cleveland is a sneaky team. And it's weird to say that because for the longest time, especially in our, in our genre of basketball, it's like, ah, Cleveland's only good when they have LeBron. Well, that's changed because, you know, they had their Kyrie days where it's like Kyrie can put up points, but they're not going to win games. But now they have depth and Donovan Mitchell is a sneaky MVP candidate. And, uh, you know this Cleveland team is something to look out for. I
0: yeah, think. I mean the only thing is I I'm 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 scared that the Cavs are going to end up with a seven game set to start out because I think they're going to end up playing the Knicks in the four or five matchup. Mm, that's that's going to be tough. It's going to be a really really good matchup, but it's going to yeah. be tough for them to make a long run. Right. It's the only reason why I'm worried about Cleveland. But they've they're they're so solid. It's yeah insane. yeah. Uh, go to number four. It's my 76ers. They're forty and twenty two, six and four in their last ten. Uh, they've struggled now because they're getting into the really, really tough part of their lineup as they face the Bucks tomorrow on ABC. Check that one out. It's going to be phenomenal. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, I mean, they're not great against the Celtics. Uh, they lost against Dallas in a shootout. It really depends on how much their defense. Why, Embiid, you can't give me two assists. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that that was heart heartbreaking last night. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this team is good. They're set up really well. Right now they would face the Nets. In the first round, which is huge for them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if they end up facing the Nets, that's massive. So, or even the Heat, if they can keep the top three seed. I wonder if if Brooklyn can like
1: keep a playoff spot.
0: I think they keep a playoff spot. Well, they keep a play in spot. I mean, there's there's no way they fall five and a half games with fifteen left on the slate or twenty left in the slate. That
1: would be that'd be there. tough.
0: It'd be a really really hard fall. So I don't think that's going to happen. But at the same time, you never know. So, but I mean, even if the Heat come up to the sixth seed or the Hawks come up to the sixth seed, I like the Sixers against both of them. So Mm -hmm. I I, I really think they're positioned well in the three seed. As long as they don't fall to the four with Cleveland, they have a two and a half game lead. I know they're in the tough stretch, but they're, they do get easier. They do have to face Cleveland a couple times, keep them up top. I do think that the Sixers hold on to that three seed in the East and that's massive. That's where you, you definitely want to be top three, but I mean, we all know who the top two are, so that's a little tough. All right,
1: speaking of number three in our power rankings, we have the Denver Nuggets. Clearly the best team in the Western Conference. They're 44-19. They've won seven of their last ten. This team is special. Mainly because – and it's easy to say that because you have Jokic. Yeah. Like, that guy is – like, could he – I mean, he might win another MVP.
0: Yeah, it'd be a three-peat there. So here's the thing. Like, I mean, he shouldn't be the defending – MVP, but we're not going to get talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> he's, he's phenomenal. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but he shouldn't have. I anyway, got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, he's phenomenal. He's doing phenomenal things again. This team can uh, really uh, – they can score. They can defend. They're the complete package. They've got a 4.4-point differential, which is third-plus in the entire NBA. Uh, so really, like th- this team knows how to put it in the bucket, and they know how to defend. And I mean, that's that's what you need to do to win games. And it's uh, crazy to think about. But that is kind of where they're at. And I think Denver, it's going to come down between Denver and the Suns and the in the way. Yeah, I agree. First, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the top two. We finally have a new number one as the <laughs> Celtics, who have been number one all year have fallen to number 2 in our power rankings, 45 and 18-8-2 eight in their last 10.
1: <sighs> They've and, lost 2 games in the last 10. bums. <laughs> I know. Like they're well compared yeah. to the top yeah, team. Yeah,
0: compared to the top team. It's kind of crazy. But at the same time, I mean this this team is just solid. They yeah. they know they know who they are with Tatum, with Brown, Brown yeah. Uh, Smart. Yeah, they, they they,
1: your, your boy Al Horford? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to
0: bring him up, but I guess you got to because, I mean, he is that big guy presence, and, you know, he, he does help them defensively yeah. as they have the best score differential in the entire league. Uh, So, I mean, really, they just they know how to score. They know how to prevent people from scoring, yeah. and that's how you win basketball games, right? Absolutely. All right, let's just go ahead and jump to number one, the Milwaukee Bucks. Man. Yeah. They're 45-17. and 17. They've won 16 straight 16.
1: 16 say it again they've 16. won 16 that was not that's not a misprint
0: right sweet 16 they've won 16 straight uh-huh and they have to go against the sixers are they playing a back to back are they playing tonight too uh no no they they just play the sixers tomorrow so no back to back to them but i mean you got giannis you got true holiday i mean really like do, do you need that much middleton. more middleton yeah I mean, this team is so good it's not even funny yeah and they they just know how to they know how to score. It's kind of crazy to think about, but I mean they've got a four point one point differential. Brock Lopez knows how to do it in in the paint. Grayson Allen off the bench. I mean they they just got a solid solid crew.
1: Yeah, you have a bunch of guys that not only have they played together like for several years now, but they know their role. It's like okay, Giannis, yeah, you're you're the superstar. We're gonna feed you. But, you know, you have Middleton, you have Holiday, you can set things up. Grayson Allen's like, I'm a sixth man. Brooke Lopez, he can do some damage in the paint, but really he's become a three-point shooter, which is really weird because I remember seeing him early in his career. That guy is not the most coordinated or graceful running, but he knows how to shoot the ball. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, it's, it's hard not, there's not a lot of negative things you could say about this Milwaukee team.
0: That is not a false statement whatsoever. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the power rankings as we drop down Bucks at one, Celtics at two, Nuggets at three, Sixers at four, Cavs at five, Suns at six, Kings at seven, Grizzlies, Knicks, Mavericks follow eight, nine, ten, with the Clippers, Heat, and Warriors just missing out on the top ten. All right, well, when we return, we're going to give a very, very brief March Madness preview where everybody stands ahead of conference tourney time when we return. Welcome back. Getting into the March Madness preview ahead of the conference tournaments. Parker, let's kind of run down the big names out there uh, who we think are going to be automatic qualifiers or, uh, you know, well, actually, yes, we think are going to be automatic qualifiers that will help the bubble teams out. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Let's go ahead and start off with the big ones.
1: All right, in the SEC, you got Alabama, which is crazy. They're not just a good football school. They're the number two team team number two team in the country, so they're definitely not a automatic qualifier in the SEC. Big 12, all obviously Kansas. They're like that every year. Mm-hmm. Big 10, Purdue. They, they were former number one team in the country. They've lost a couple games here, but, like, they're really good. ACC, you got Pitt, which is odd that they're the top team in the ACC, but they are. Pac-12, you got UCLA. They're back to, you know, being the top team in the Pac-12. Right. Um, the AAC, you got Houston, who is the number one team in the country. Big East, you got Marquette; they're they're always in the mix. The WCC, you got Saint Mary's, always a good basketball school. The MWC, San Diego State. Uh, the OVC you got Morehead State; they're yep. you know, they they they're always a sneaky good basketball school. The Ohio
0: was, Valley Conference, yeah.
1: The Conference USA, you got Florida Atlantic. The A-10, you got RVC Rams. NBC, you got Bradley. Missouri
0: Valley Conference. Missouri. Yeah,
1: Summit. You got Oral Roberts. They're always in the mix. Always makes me think of baseball when I see Oral Roberts. Yeah, I do too. (laughs) The Sunbelt Conference, you got Southern Miss. The CAA, you got
0: Hofstra, and we might even have an at-large bid. I out know, of the CAA, which is rare. It's rare. They're on the bubble. Yeah. We'll talk
1: about them in a minute here. In the MAC conference, you got Iona, and the Ivy, the Ivy League, you got Yale. Mm, yes, mm, the prestigious
0: <laughs> Ivy. Yeah,
1: and in, in the MAC conference, you got Toledo. Oh, and you, <laughs> There's so many conferences out there, but in the WAC, you got Utah Valley. The A-Sun, you got Kennesaw State, America East, you got Vermont, Big West, USBC, Patriot League, you got Colgate, Big South, UNC Asheville, Horizon League, you got Youngstown State, the Southern League, you got Samford, not Stanford, Samford, Mm -hmm. and the SWAT Conference, you got Alcorn State, and the Southland Conference, you
0: got Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It, it got a little messed up. But yeah, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah.
1: In the MEAC conference, you got Howard and the NEC FDU. Yeah.
0: Fairly Dickinson. Yeah, University. I was going to say... Is uh, right now the projected automatic qualifier. We had to look up what FDU stands yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, Fairleigh Dickinson. Like I, I never thought. What I'd, what a name of I a school. I never thought I'd see the day. Fairleigh Dickinson be the automatic qualifier. <laughs> yeah. It's either them or Merrimack College. Uh, one of the two. Yeah. is, is kind of looking like they're gonna they're gonna take the NEC. That was uh, the conference that was you know formerly really run by. Uh, you know St. Francis, uh, mm, yeah, of PA. So, um, but I mean, now we get into kind of the at larges. Uh, as of right now, I'm going to just kind of run off the conferences, um, and, and kind of you know talk about the fact that we got some bubble teams out there. But uh, the AAC, as well as Houston, you got Memphis is a big team there. Uh, they're definitely going to make it in. It's not yeah, even a question it, there. Yeah. Uh, the Big Twelve has a lot of qualifiers with a couple bubbles on there. Uh, Baylor, Texas, Kansas State, TCU, and Iowa State are solidly within the field right now. Uh, WVU is one of the last four buys, according to Bracketology, right now. And Oklahoma State right now is the uh, on the outside looking in as they're one of the next four out. Uh, the Pac-12 has one solidly in outside of UCLA, Arizona. Arizona. Uh, USC is on the bubble as one of the last four buys. Then you have Arizona State and Oregon currently uh on the outside looking in as one of the first four out and the next four out as well.
1: In the SEC, you got Tennessee, Texas, A&M, Kentucky, Arkansas, Missouri. That's not a shocker there. You have Auburn and Mississippi state. Uh,
0: Both of them are currently in the field. One is uh, Auburn has uh, one of the last four buys and then last four in as Mississippi state. And they're, the top of the last four in as well.
1: Yeah, when you look at the big east, you got four at-large bids. There's no really, you know.
0: No surprises for right. sure.
1: Yukon, Xavier, Creighton, and Providence. Looking at the Big Ten, you have Indiana, Maryland, Northwestern, Michigan State, Iowa, Illinois, Rutgers. And then you have Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan. Those two, those three teams are, you know, two of them are last. Well, you know, some of the four teams in, like last four teams in, mm-hmm. and Michigan is
0: just outside, just outside. They're they're last four out. Yeah. So definitely something you got to think about. There is these these four teams are running, but it's like the entire Big Ten is in, <laughs> is in the mix. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, honestly, they're they're like all in the mix. So That's who's conference. in the tournament for the Big Ten? Everybody. Yeah. Just just start naming a team, and they're probably in. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, the West Coast Conference, the the per. The, the per- perennial. Yeah, perennial. Yeah, we can call them that. They're they're basically a blue blood now. Yes. Uh, Gonzaga <laughs> as an at-large bid. They're probably going to make it. It's either between them or St. Mary's for the automatic qualifier, and the other one gets in. Uh, well, we have Gonzaga as the at-large here. The ACC, we have plenty of teams here. Miami, Virginia, your Duke Blue Devils, yeah. NC State are firmly in. We have Clemson and North Carolina as uh, a next four out for Clemson, and then a... First four out for North Carolina. Kind of crazy to think that the blue blood of North Carolina could miss for. Yeah. Yeah. This would be their second straight year, right? If they miss. Well,
1: no. Uh, last year. Oh, they made it last year. Duke and UNC in were in the Final Four.
0: Okay. Oh, that's right. They were.
1: Yeah. When it was. It's look, crazy to ago, think that nice. UNC might not make the tournament, and they were preseason number one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, that that yeah that is because when you
1: look there. at their team like coming in it's like oh, oh most of their team's coming back yeah they're gonna run it back and they
0: could win it all this year and then it's like uh not so fast yeah for sure uh talking about the mountain West they have their automatic qualifier with San Diego State that we already talked about but Nevada Boise State and Utah State are all on the bubble on the outside looking well one's on the outside looking in right now in Utah State. But Nevada is one of the last four in, and then Boise State right now projected to be one of the last four buys. Uh, that that conference could get crazy. I would definitely pay attention if you have a team on the bubble mm-hmm. uh, for you know the Mountain West because if you know Utah State or Nevada make a run and get the automatic qualifier, that could push a bubble team out, and that could be really really crazy. Is there? And then the last team that's of mention on the bubble. <laughs> We haven't talked about, comes out of the Colonial Athletic Charleston. Conference. conference or, uh, they're actually association. They're not a conference. Colonial <laughs> Athletic Association, the yeah. CAA. C-A-A. Uh, Charleston is one of the last four out, according to Bracketology, right now. Uh, let's go ahead and just hit your top four seeds. As of right now, you have Alabama, Kansas, Purdue, and Houston as your top four seeds. Uh, and then your twos, according to that. Are UCLA, Baylor, um, Texas, and then Kansas State are your Mm. projected top eight teams in the land?
1: Yeah, I mean, number one seeds, just those are the top four. There's no doubt about it. You can switch them in whatever order you want. Number two seeds, like Baylor, Kansas State, I'm not as high on, but I mean, they're having great years, so it's not that they're not, they shouldn't be viable for for a two seed, but I don't know how far. I, I definitely think they are upset, like on upset alert.
0: Yeah, I mean well you got Tennessee, Marquette, Gonzaga and Arizona as three seeds. I,
1: I love Arizona. I think they can make a, a, a strong run in this tournament.
0: Absolutely, for sure. For sure. And then you have Virginia who's always seems They've been so- struggling. They have been struggling, but it's it's but they always know how to play defense, and like that's yeah. the thing. It's can their scoring pick up if they can find it in the ACC tournament? Look out, because Virginia could do some damage. Absolutely, UConn at four uh, as a four, Indiana and Xavier are your top uh, four teams. I, li-
1: I like Indiana a lot. I do as well. They, they, they. I know they were at home, but they knocked off Purdue when they were top seed, and gosh, I just. There's something about Indiana when I watch them. I'm like, this this team could be sneaky. It's
0: the Hoosiers, man. Yeah, Hoosiers. You, you never give up on them.
1: Great movie.
0: All right. Well, tell us if you think you know. What What are your thoughts about bracketology? What do you th- who Who should we be in? Who should be in? Who should be out? Who do you think uh, is a sneaky team that could steal one of these automatic qualifiers away and push one of these bubble teams out? Let us know on Twitter. We'll put up a uh, uh, a, uh, a a post. Poll. Yeah, not really a poll, but a post uh, post and and comment on the post. Let us know where we're at. Parker, where can you find us on Twitter?
1: On Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, you can find us at the SportsGPS.
0: Yeah, talk to us. Let us know. Parker's always looking for stuff to do on socials, especially on the weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Let him know what's up. Well, but we're going to end this podcast on Friday night with some good high spirits running right into the weekend. But that's going to wrap it up for this one. For all of us here at the Sports GPS, Parker White, CJ Holly, thanks for stopping by. Oh, thank you.